Hey guys, this is A Simple Fix and I'm your host, Olivia Yokobonis, Yoko for short. As a certified holistic health coach, I see firsthand how difficult it can be to decipher what is beneficial and what is unnecessary when it comes to wellness. Each week, I will discuss all things health and wellness, share my take on the latest trends, and provide simple fixes that make navigating wellness less complicated and more sustainable. I'm so happy you're here and I hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of A Simple Fix. I am your host, Olivia. I hope you all had an amazing holiday weekend. My parents came into town and it was so nice to be able to spend some time with them before they go out onto their next adventure. I think I talked about it a couple of episodes ago that they are just in their late 60s and are killing it at life. They're just so happy and um I think that I think it's the idea of like being empty nesters because I'm the youngest and although I'm 26, you know, they've been empty nesters for a little bit, but it's just it's pretty funny to see how my parents are like, "Let's do this. Let's go on a road trip. Let's move to Maine for a couple months." Like <laughs> they're just incredible. So it's been really nice to see them before they go to the East Coast for a little while. Today's episode is a little bit different. I am going to be doing an advice column. I had asked on my social media uh, for people to send questions and you guys definitely delivered. We have got some shorter form questions and then a little, a few longer form questions as well. And I'm excited to be able to just share my perspective on the situations that you're going through. I think that I love listening to advice columns because it just gives a new view and perspective on things that are going on in people's lives. And of course, a disclaimer here, I am only giving advice from my perspective and uh, based off of my opinions. It is not the truth. It is not fact necessarily. And so take everything that I say with a grain of salt. I will not be held liable <laughs> for anything. Um, but before we start, I wanted to share a little something special with you guys. I think especially in light of this being an advice episode, I wanted to share a letter that I received from the person that I go to for all of my advice, whether it's dating, business, spiritual advice, whatever it may be, it is my brother. He is the person that I will call if I were to be in jail and needed to be bailed out. He would be the person that I call if the house was burning down and I didn't know what to do. He is my living, breathing guardian angel and something that has been very special over the last few years is he revealed to me that he has been writing letters to me and he calls them letters to Olivia. And it is all about the conversations that we've had in the many years that we, you know, have been calling back and forth. He lives on the other side of the country. I of course asked permission to be able to start sharing these with you guys, but it is advice just from a whole other viewpoint. He is in his 30s. He's married now, just recently. And I feel like he kind of has been the forerunner in my life and has been somebody who has allowed me, has taken all of the things that he has experienced in life and has really allowed me to glean from them. So I wanted to read a little excerpt of this letter for anybody who is in need of a little big brother advice and that brotherly love. 
Have you ever been struck by lightning? Not literally, but mentally and emotionally. A moment that hits you with perfect clarity. A million thoughts all at once with perfect understanding. I was 30 years old when I did. I was working in, in sales for a marketing agency. My focus was concentrated on what my title was and what I could make. I felt stuck. It was like walking in sand into a fire. Slow and tiring, a journey only to get burned. I got to the place where I felt like there was little I could do. What I was was not making me fulfilled or happy. Call it God, call it the universe. It broke me to where I realized all I could do was work on who I was. That was the lightning bolt. I didn't know who I was. I was so engulfed in focusing on what I was and I never stopped to ask who I was. That simple question of who I am started a journey of heartbreaking self-discovery. I was weak, pretending to be strong. I was insecure, acting confident. I was afraid of failure, saying I knew I would find success. As I dug deep, I developed what I call my car persona. My car persona came from driving alone with my thoughts. I would daydream who I wanted to be in 10 years. Who is Sam in 10 years? How does he handle stress? How does he love? How does he work? That became my new North Star. I would ask myself, what does Sam do? I carried this through every aspect of my life, from my relationship to my work, to even what I would do when I was alone. When I did this, it caused me to focus on the moments and be present. Enjoy the little things, laugh and love. Every moment became more valuable because I realized I only got that once. I did this for about six months and something crazy happened. I was everything that Sam was. I was everything I was striving for. I was Sam in 10 years. The decisions became habits and the habits became who I was. I was truly confident. I loved in ways I never had previously. I worked harder than I ever had. I was who I wanted to be. I had a job. I loved making more money than I thought I would. I was engaged to the absolute love of my life. I had freedom to go where I wanted. I healed my relationships with my family. I strengthened my friendships. And most importantly, I was truly and deeply happy. They became a great business leader and the successful business was the consequence. Life is only consequences, both positive and negative. That is what you can control. Become who you truly are meant to be, not what you are meant to be. That is the most important journey you can ever embark on. It's never ending. There is no finish line, but it's more fulfilling than any job or any relationship. It's everything. It's everything I want for you. It's everything I hope you find in a partner. You can only fully love and be loved when you know who you are. The same is true for your partner. Your partner cannot fully love you and be what you deserve if they do not know who they are. When you know who you are, you won't need to manipulate, you won't need to lie, you won't be easily angered or offended, and you won't compromise yourself to fit into a relationship with a person who you become dependent on to bury your insecurities. When you are truly you, you will realize you deserve only the best and see yourself the way I see you. You were created uniquely you. And being anything besides yourself is robbing the world of what it so desperately needs. So if you do anything, please be you. Isn't that just the sweetest thing in the entire world? And that was only half of the, the letter. Um, I think if I read the entire thing, I would sob. I will be continuing to add in these little excerpts of these letters. Um, 
during these kind of advice episodes because I think it's just, it's a perfect picture of how we need each other in our lives. And regardless of the relationship that you have to me or to other people that you you learn from, you're not alone and we care and we want the absolute best for you. Getting into a few of the questions, there were a few shorter questions that I want to start with and then we can get into the more in-depth questions. So the first one is, what books do you suggest to grow as a person? I love reading. I really enjoy my self-help books, so I've got a whole entire list, but I would say anybody who wants to discover how they operate in relationships, read Attached. The full title is Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love. And it has been life-changing for me, the way that it has transformed my perspective about myself and has allowed me to understand why I do what I do in and out of relationships. Another book that I really enjoy is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I would read this in the mornings um, before I started work because the chapters were a little bit shorter. And it was, again, another monumental book um, that really helped me see myself in a new way and give myself grace and really reframe my thoughts that I have surrounding myself. I also really loved The Defining Decade. I know that there are kind of mixed reviews surrounding this book, but I think the biggest thing that I took out of it was being able to learn how to network and learn how to take the connections that you have, how however loose they may be, and utilize them in a really meaningful and valuable way. And the last book that I would recommend would be The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. I think about this book all the time. I think about how I can be impeccable with my word. I am slower to speak to do that. I I try my absolute best to not take anything personally anymore and to not make assumptions and Throughout my life, throughout my days and my weeks, I am just doing my best. And those are the four agreements there. Um, But I really loved listening to it on Audible. And it was just another book that really has stuck with me and has left a lasting impression. So those would be a few books that I would start with. What are your tips to avoiding situationships? This is a great question, especially coming out of a relationship. And I think the easiest way to avoid being in a situationship is to stop doing relationship things if you're not in a relationship. And relationship things could be defined very differently depending on the person. And also maintaining your singleness until you are exclusive. Date other people, get to know other people, stay busy, stay preoccupied. And I think the last thing I'd say about this is know your worth. Understand that this person that you're in a situationship with is not worth your peace, is not worth your self-esteem, is not worth your confidence. And feel empowered enough in yourself to be able to knock that thing down. People end up in situationships because they're afraid of being alone. They don't want to lose the potential of a relationship. But if someone is not obsessed with you, they're not. it's not worth it. 
you're going to forever spend the rest of your life convincing them that you are worthy of love. You don't want that. I promise. (laughs) The next question was, how do you deal with someone who won't apologize to you? I thought this was such a good question because I had to learn the hard way that forgiveness does not require an apology. There could be so many different caveats in this situation, but there are, I, I, I think of a friendship that I had where I never received an apology or even an explanation as to why they just completely dropped me. And, um, and in my mind, I'm like, I want, I want clarity. I want, I want to know what happened and I want to be able to apologize to you for what I did to contribute to the demise of this friendship. I also have to recognize that I don't need that closure. I don't need that to move forward and to move on. And forgiveness is such an empowering thing because when you are holding on to bitterness and when you're holding on to unforgiveness, the only person that it affects is you. It doesn't affect the person that you are harboring bitterness or unforgiveness from. So learning how to settle it within yourself to be able to move on and say, regardless of what happened or this person hurt me in this way, I am going to move on. I am going to forgive them. I'm not going to necessarily forget and I'm not necessarily going to give them a second chance, but I am going for my own sanity and my own peace of mind and for my own sake, I am going to forgive you, even if you didn't apologize to me. And again, forgiveness does not have to look like becoming BFS with that person again or having them, allowing them to be um, an integral part of your life. Sometimes forgiveness literally just looks like removing the weight off of your own shoulders and moving on and allowing it to no longer be something that takes up space in your mind and in your life. Okay, on to like the meatier questions that I received. So this person is asking for some endometriosis help. Three years ago, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, and now I'm in a spot where I want to learn more about it, but I don't know where to start. I've seen something about Dutch hormone tests, but I don't know if I should take the test or even where to start with helping educate myself about endometriosis. So what do you know, and where did you start? Well, I have all of the empathy in the world for you. Uh, It is very overwhelming to be diagnosed with something and then not even know where to start, especially because endometriosis is such a mysterious disease. (laughs) There has not been, you know, a huge amount of research. Thank God that it is progressing more and more in that direction where we are able to you know, continue to learn and better understand the causes of it and and finding better treatments for it. But I've always been a holistic girly. I am not on birth control. I don't find that that is something that has helped with my symptoms. I think it's only masked my symptoms and is not addressing the root cause. So I really started out by going to a naturopath. Um, I have done everything 
I really have. I feel like I've done everything from birth control to weird foods to different supplements to medications, everything. And what I have found to be the most helpful in taking care of my cycle is one, understanding my cycle. I have been reading the Period Power book. I I believe her name is Maisie Hill, as well as the book In the Flow by Alyssa Viti. Those have been really helpful for just understanding my body, understanding my cycle, understanding my endocrine system, and recognizing that our bodies fluctuate hormonally so much. And so what works for us when we're ovulating is not going to work for us when we are menstruating. The next thing would be going to a naturopath, somebody who is not going to just prescribe you with birth control. And and I don't say this in the way of, you know, birth control is not the answer. I think that it can be the answer for some people, but for me, it was not. I am more so trying to preserve just my sanity and manage my pain rather than deal with my fertility right now because I'm not planning on having kids anytime soon. It's it's more so managing my quality of life. And I have seen a naturopath as well as a nutritionist, and they have been super, super helpful for me. I get blood work done regularly. And so I would even, I would recommend the Dutch test because it allows you to see your hormones in a whole new way. It's not necessarily um, always the case, but people who have endo very often have high estrogen and low progesterone. And so when you're able to see that be the case through taking the Dutch hormone test, it allows you to be able to kind of start working on balancing that. And so lowering my estrogen, raising my progesterone, actually ovulating rather than having anovulatory cycles has been really helpful. And all of that was through a nutritionist and through a naturopath. I think also things like Reddit, I love Reddit for better understanding other people's experiences. Um, I'm in the like the endometriosis <laughs> thread, and there's a lot of encouragement. There's also you sometimes have to be careful if you're not doing too hot, um, because there's a lot of rants as well that like might not always be helpful in your progression of finding healing. And then I really feel like I've learned through other people so much through their experiences. I have loved the podcast. It's called The Cycle, Endometriosis Podcast. It just shares different stories from women who have been experiencing endometriosis. I also really love the Nourishing Women podcast. And then I love this podcast. It's As a Woman by Dr. Natalie Crawford. She is an OBGYN and she talks all about fertility, hormones, and beyond in a really scientific way. And so it's been super educational and informational for me to understand kind of what our bodies are going through. And then also I know that there are different conferences and programs that are out there for endometriosis awareness and education. The world is just so full of of information, but that is where I would start if I had to do it all over again. Next question. 
I'd love any advice I could get for being more comfortable in my friendships. My anxiety gets the best of me and tells me that people don't like me when deep down I know they do, but it gets super hard at times to reassure myself. I think this is such a good question. I recently had a conversation with one of my one-on-one clients and we were talking about something along these lines of how she does not feel like she is finding a lot of fulfillment in her friendships and in her relationships in general because she has a fear of vulnerability and a fear of of once she opens herself up that she is going to be disappointed and let down by the people that surround her. I think when you are super surface leveled with your friends due to fear, due to anxiety, um, anything that is limiting you from going deeper, it makes it a lot harder to put your roots down deep. And I think that being able to find the root of your anxiety surrounding this is going to allow you to be able to replace it and pull it out. You will have to retrain your brain, retrain the way that you think surrounding your friendships and the way that you think about yourself. And it is, it's hard work. It's not necessarily a walk in the park, but it is always so, so worth it. And so if you're experiencing this anxiety and you get to the root and you recognize that it's because, you know, you had a friend in the past who you really put your trust in that disappointed you and let you down, you can kind of go to that root and recognize that that is not that's not the the case in the reality for every single relationship. And sometimes you have to remind yourself of the things that are going well in your relationships and your friendships or when you have when your anxiety has been proven wrong in your friendships and your relationships and then be able to rewire your brain in that way where you are reminding yourself of the truth rather than the fear and the anxiety and the lies that you have been believing. Also, I think something that people don't recognize is that words have so much power. And when somebody says something like that over you, if they say that, if they tell you that you're always anxious, or if they tell you that, you know, that people don't like you or that you're too much or that you're not enough or whatever it may be that might be in the back of your mind, those things really stick with you. So being able to recognize that um, as another route and be able to replace it with the truth about yourself, I think will really work wonders. The challenge that I provided to my one-on-one client was, what what do you have to lose? At this at that time, she wasn't really, she didn't have any deep friendships. She didn't have any deep relationships with people and she was in need of that. And I asked her, what do you have to lose? You're already kind of in the place that you would be anyway. So what would a little vulnerability, a little act do? It would either catapult you into the place that you desire to be, or it'll just keep you in the same place that you are. So at this point, there's really nothing to lose. So if you feel like you can just take a little step towards that confidence, I think it will work absolute wonders for you. Next question. This is a reoccurring problem I've had all of my life. For context, I'm 27 and six feet and 
weigh around 130 pounds. This is the biggest I've ever been and I can't seem to gain weight no matter what I eat or do. I've had numerous comments all my life from people I considered my friends, close colleagues, and family about my weight. I know I'm thin. I see it every day. I worry about it every day. I see reflections of myself and I hate how I look. I've read every article, tried so many different protein shakes and calorie supplements and yet nothing. I go through periods where I like myself and then someone comes along and cuts me down to size over and over again. It's really disheartening. I wish I weren't so sensitive, But just today, a colleague asked me if I had lost weight and commented that my face looked thinner. I haven't lost any weight and I thought I looked fine. My dad and older sister are also very thin and they get the same comments, even my dad who is 62 now. I'm not looking for advice on how to gain weight. I just would appreciate any tips on how to stop internalizing these awful comments. Oh my gosh. This question hits me so hard. Because this is something I too have experienced. I can't tell you how many times people have told me to eat a burger or have told me that I am so skinny and have just made comments about my body. And something that I've experienced is I had stomach ulcers, which prevented me from eating for a year straight. And I lost weight and I was unable to gain weight and it was absolutely miserable. And I remember people would say, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. I wish I was as skinny as you. I remember one person actually asked me, how could I get as skinny as you? How could I be as skinny as you? And I snapped and I was like, try stomach ulcers for once. Like try, try having stomach ulcers and not being able to eat and enjoy any food. Then, then you'll be as skinny as me. And it's such a frustrating thing to experience comments on anybody's body. I don't make comments about people's bodies whatsoever. I, if I feel like I want to tell somebody that they look good, I tell them in a way that is respectful. Instead of me being like, oh my gosh, you're, you look great. You look like you lost weight or you look like you gained weight. You look so confident. Works wonders, guys. It works wonders. You don't have to you don't have to make comments on people's bodies. You can make comments on the energy that they are exuding. But for you, the question of how to stop internalizing these awful comments, I feel like I sound like a broken record, but affirmations really truly make such a difference in life. Being able to rewire your brain to understand the truth about yourself has been life-changing for me. Like I think also even going back to the book, The Four Agreements, it talks a lot about not taking anything personally and how everything that everyone says is a projection of themselves in some way, shape, or form. And so when these people are commenting on you about your body, really what they're doing is commenting about themselves and their bodies. And unfortunately, they are just using you. So when I was able to actually understand that truly and and realize that anytime somebody was making a comment about what seemed to be me, it was really about them, it changed, it changed things for me. And I was able to stop internalizing all of these things as much as I used to. Also, a book that I really, really loved is called Beauty Sick, and it talks about just the 
unrealistic expectations that society has on us and how skinny shaming is just as bad as fat shaming. And if you are somebody who has the habit of, you know, talking about other people's bodies, take a look and see if there is that projection happening. Maybe reframe it in your own mind. Learn to build that self-confidence in yourself and find other ways to talk about people other than their bodies. Okay, the last question for today. In 2020, right before the pandemic started, I was watching a lot of motivational videos and a lot of them involved getting fit. I was severely depressed and desperate for a reason to keep going. Then lockdown began and I got really serious because it was the perfect time for a change. I lost weight, became more toned and started eating better. I kept going because all of these motivational videos taught me that this was the way to fix my self-esteem issues, my mental health, and basically every problem in my life. I guess I was riding the high for a bit during the first year, but then my self-esteem issues just kept coming back. Even when it felt like I overcame it, it was all an act and I feel lower than ever now. What did I do wrong? Well, first of all, you didn't do anything wrong. I think that seeing these motivational videos and it getting you super pumped up to act on it. I think that's awesome. I think that's huge um, that you took those steps. And what I see here is that you were talking a lot about the physical things that you did. I lost weight. I became more toned. I started eating better. And those are all really good things. But I say this to people all the time. You can change the outside and you can change your actions, but if you don't change the inside, it's not gonna stick. People who lose 50 pounds, but don't gain the self-love and self-respect aren't really winning in the end. I think that no matter what size you are, you are going to be insecure about something. Some, some part of your body is going to bother you. You are not going to be fully happy. It is not the meaning of happiness. And so being able to look deep into why you feel this, this lack of self-esteem, it's not always because of your weight. It's not always because you're not as toned as you want want to be. It's not always because you're not eating as well as you want to be. The way that I have been able to build my self-esteem and grow in confidence with myself has been treating myself like a friend I'm just getting to know. I take time to become friends with myself. I take time to understand my thoughts, to understand what I what my passions are and what gets me excited about life and what what insecurities I have and I speak to myself like I would my best friend. I would just speak over myself with so much love and so much truth about who I really am. And I know that that is not something that people want to do when they are experiencing this lack of confidence and lack of self-esteem. I think being able to recognize that the things that you were working on are really good things, but they're not always the root issue. You you said like it was an it was all an act. I don't think it was all an act. And I think we have to give ourselves grace 
and recognize that this healing and this, this confidence comes in waves and that it's not always just an upward climb and you will have good days and you'll have bad days and you give yourself extra grace on the bad days and you give yourself extra celebration on the good days. Thank you so much to everyone who did write in their questions. Um, I will continue to have them pile up so that I can do another episode. But if you have any questions, especially after watching this, feel free to email me uh, any of your longer form questions. And if you have any shorter questions, you can DM me on Instagram at Olivia Yoko Health, and I'd be happy to be able to add these to the next advice episode. I am so grateful for you all. Every week I see more and more of you uh, join and it means the absolute world to me. I hope you all have an amazing rest of your week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of A Simple Fix. Be sure to leave a review if you enjoyed what you heard. You can follow me on TikTok and on Instagram at Olivia Yoko Health. And if you're interested in any of my coaching services, you can learn more and get in touch with me on OliviaYokoHealth.com. Talk to you next week.